Welcome to A Degree in Sports, your home for college football, college basketball. My name's Cole, here with my great mate, Jeff Tate. Jeff, it's football week. It is football week. We are recording this Thursday, August 24th. And in less than 48 hours, Cole, there's an actual Division I FBS football game that is not a scrimmage, that is not preseason hype. It's real results. At the end of the day, teams are going to be 1-0, and and some are going to be 0-1. I cannot be more excited than I am already. Who, who do you think is more likely to be 0-1, Notre Dame or Navy? Or Notre Dame or USC? Who's more likely? Probably Notre Dame, but... I don't think to be they're going to be 0-1, but we'll get to that. But as always, like and subscribe to the podcast. We're doing good. Continue to slowly grow. We're getting into the, I would say, the uh, heart of the podcast here. Games are actually starting. It's the easiest stuff to talk about, and it's the stuff Cole and I like talking about the most. We really enjoy bringing the preview episodes. This is going to be our last preview episode today for the Power Five conferences, we got Big Ten, but you know what? I want to get into the actual real games, sports betting advice, takeaways from the games this weekend, all the fun stuff that, I mean, when Cole and I were talking about doing this podcast, that was the thing we wanted. So Cole, I mean, we're there, man. We we feel like we just started this podcast a week ago. This is week four of the podcast. I think we're doing good, man. Yeah, we're doing we're doing great. I mean, I couldn't be more happy with where we're at as a podcast um, with our takes. I'm very confident in my takes, and I'm just happy we finally get to watch some football, to talk about some football, and just just see it happening instead of just talking about it and just getting excited for it, which I'm so excited for. I'm just ready to see some guys on a field flying around playing some ball. And it's, it's going to scratch the itch, but it won't fully be there till the following week. Oh, yeah. It's like that. It's a little teaser, you know. Eight games, not a, not really any high-profile games from, like, a ranking standpoint. But we get games Saturday, and then I don't know about you guys, but Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday of the next week, we have a college football game every single day. That's five straight days of college football. I mean, we are entering the prime stretch to start the year with five games or five days of games. Cole, I'm so excited. I, I mean, I don't know if, I mean, I'm sure the, the followers can understand how excited we are for this, but that episode next week is hands down going to be the best one we record so far because we have everything to talk about. Absolutely. And if you want to make money, we're, we're going to have some locks for bets. I'm not, not saying a hundred percent they'll be right, but um, we're going to tell you what we're doing, your choice to back us or not, but this is where we're going to be putting our money. You're going to see that next week. We're going to have some locks, some over-under locks. Um, we'll have our playoff predictions next week. Um, it's going to be a really fun episode, and you're really going to see us put our money where our mouth is this year. And, hey, if we're going to – like Cole said, he's confident in his takes. That's how that's how it's got to be. If we're just saying things that we don't think is going to happen, well, what's – What's the uh, truth in those statements? Cole and I mean what we say. Some of it might sound completely crazy to you guys, but we mean what we say. So before we start this, I do want to say we are on Instagram now. I Cole and I kind of uh, played around, got an Instagram page, and this one I think is going to be a little different than the Twitter where the Twitter's maybe more engagement, but I think the cool thing we can do with Instagram is we can put 
reels out there of actual segments from the podcast. And I think you guys will really enjoy that to kind of get a taste of, hey, what they talk about on this episode. So what we want to do to start this episode is do a quick rundown of the week zero preview. There's only eight games, uh, eight FBS games, two AP top 25 teams, but two teams that have a lot of question marks, Cole, coming into the year. Let's start with Notre Dame. Notre Dame plays Navy in Dublin, Ireland, uh, going all the way over there for a game, and it's a uh, it's a big game, Cole, but what do we need to look, watch for in that first game from Notre Dame? They have a lot of new things this year. Yeah, the first thing is it's just going to be good to see Sam Hartman uh, in that blue and gold, and it's going to see be cool to see how he fits in that system, and um, if it was just that Wake Forest system that made him so good, that, that high-flying offense over there, or if Notre Dame can really squeeze everything out of him just like Wake Forest did and, and take the next step from last year. Because another thing to look at is in this game is, is Notre Dame the same old Notre Dame as last year where, especially the way they started very slow, is Marcus Freeman able to take the next step, learn from last year, and just have a better team and get better over a year's time? That's really important to see. They struggled with Navy last year, if I remember correctly, and they lost to Marshall. They weren't they they weren't being they weren't playing great at the beginning of the year. They were losing games they shouldn't lose. They were in close games and games they shouldn't be close in. So we're not just going to assume that Notre Dame is going to run over Navy. We'll, we'll learn a lot about this team in this game. Yeah, and it's it is cool. Sam Hartman just seems like such a good dude. He he was in QB one. What a great show. He was the guy that. I mean, I really liked watching. He had the cool story about his brother, and he's just a good guy. And he was the—he was probably the biggest name in the transfer portal for quarterbacks. And Notre Dame got a guy that they really like. They have to replace a just generational talent there in Michael Meyer. And I think, I think you're going to see them struggle to find that go-to guy for Sam Hartman. But it's definitely—they've upgraded the quarterback position. I mean, last year you had. Tyler Buchanan, who started the year. Now he's at Alabama. You had um, Jack Pine, who came in later. But they got Sam Hartman. Sam Hartman's a good quarterback. He, I, I think, I don't think it's just Wake Forest system. I think we're going to see that when he takes the field on Saturday. And I, I'm just excited for the guy. And it's a good, it's a good test for them because they, in a few weeks' times, play at home against Ohio State and you're going to want Sam Hartman to kind of get those uh, those kinks out with a new system, new players, and everything these first few weeks. And so I'm excited to see it. I think Notre Dame is going to be sneaky this year. We, Cole and I really didn't preview them much due to the fact that we're boycotting them, like we said in our ACC episode, because, yeah, they're not in a conference, so they don't get any love. But I think Notre Dame could be pretty good. USC, Cole, they play – against San Jose State. This is the preseason number six team in the AP poll. We know what they got at quarterback. I mean, they have the best quarterback in college football, but that defense, uh, that leaves a lot to be desired. Will we know anything after this game? I know it's San Diego State, and I know they're not the... uh, San Jose. Oh, yeah, San Jose. If they're playing San Diego State, it might be a little different. But San Jose State... Are we going to know if the defense is good or not in this game, Cole? Yeah, I mean, I think you can definitely tell in these games, relatively somewhat you can tell. USC is going to win this game. Obviously, they're, I think, 30.5-point favorites. It is 
they're going to win the game. What you're going to look for by watching this game is, one, you're going to watch it early. You're going to watch Caleb Williams because he's just a fun player to watch. But you're also going to look at that defense, and you're going to look, are they getting three and outs out of San Jose State? Is San Jose State moving the ball a little bit? Are they getting six, eight, nine play drives where they're not maybe scoring on them, but they're getting a little more yardage than they should? Because if San Jose State's able to get two or three first downs, what's a team like Oregon going to do to you or Washington going to do to you? Um, and obviously, they're going to get better after this game, but it will be our first true tell, real football being played. How do they handle an offense coming at them, trying to get yards, trying to score touchdowns on them? Are they going to be better than last year? Will we see improvement? I don't know, and that's what I'm going to be looking for when I watch this game. Yeah, and – I, I don't really have too much question marks with USC. Uh, you guys know I picked USC to win the Pac-12. They do lose Jordan Addison, who is a really good receiver, and I think you're going to see them kind of have question marks there at who's going to step up and be that guy. They bring in Dorian Singer from Arizona, really good transfer portal wide receiver. I think it'll take some time, but, I mean, that team's going to probably put up 40-plus points on – Saturday night and I think it's like Cole said can they stop somebody can they force three and outs and if we can consistently see San Jose having a hard time moving the ball I think it's going to give us the first insight to Lincoln Riley did something about this defense and they might actually be any they might be what they need to be to win the Pac-12 so Cole any other we didn't want to break out our betting advice for this week it's just a there's not much of a selection for it spreads are crazy high and to be honest none of the games are like true 50 50 games i know ohio and i think ohio plays san diego state speaking of the team i was mentioning earlier and that's like a less than a three-point touchdown spread so if you want to bet a game that's basically a coin toss that's your game cole but we're not going to bet this week on uh on the podcast not saying I won't make a real bet, but not on the podcast. Yeah. I mean, I only I only put my money where my mouth is. So if I'm not putting my money there, I'm not going to tell you guys what to bet on any of these games. Um, and I don't see myself betting on any of these games. So I got nothing for you. I'm just going to sit back and enjoy some football. Just be happy to see it again because I'm going to place plenty of wagers the next week so I can take this week off. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll just make next week be all the ones we were supposed to make this week. Just It gives us an excuse to make a few extra next week. So we're going to get into our last Power 5 conference preview, and it is by far the one I'm most excited for due to the fact that this is the conference I know and have always watched, and that's the Big Ten, Cole. So I'm going to do the way we've done all four of these other uh, episodes um, with our previews, and we'll get into it. So you look at the storyline coming into the year, it's Michigan going for the three-peat. They've won two straight Big Ten championships, and they are going to be really, really good this year. You look at the odds board for who's going to win the Big Ten. The favorite is by literally pennies on the dollar, Ohio State. And this is from FanDuel. So I know you can go everywhere and find different odds. I'm just using FanDuel to keep consistent with what we've done. Ohio State plus 165, Michigan right behind them at plus 180. Then we have a little drop off. You know, you got Penn State at 6 to 1, Wisconsin at plus 950, and then Iowa at 12 to 1. Those are the ones I'm really going to focus on just from an intro standpoint. Cole, 
I mean, coming into the year, obviously we know Michigan has won two straight. We know there's a lot of hype surrounding Penn State this year. We don't really know what Ohio State's going to be like at quarterback. There's a lot of questions, Cole, but I know one thing. It's going to be a heck of a Big Ten football season. Yeah, I think the Big Ten is going to be the most fun conference to watch in college football. It's, it's, it's close with Org, uh, uh, with uh, the Pac-12. Those two are going to be the most fun to watch. But I think the Big Ten has a slight edge just because of the top is the ceiling is a lot higher in this conference. And I also think the West is going to be really, really fun this year. I mean, Wisconsin, Iowa, Minnesota, Illinois battling it out. And you can't, like, what if Matt Rule has it figured out right away in Nebraska? Like, you can make a case for all five of those teams. And I don't see Purdue doing it, but you could even make a case for Purdue being there. Like, there's not a lot separating those six teams in my mind. And that's going to be fun to watch. I think they're all going to be better than last year. Last year was close, but they all kind of weren't good. I think this is going to be close again, but they're all going to be a little bit better. And there's a lot of fun storylines with all those teams, whether it's Iowa with the new quarterback, Wisconsin and Nebraska with the new coach. It's going to be a fun division to watch. And you always know you're going to get the fun out of the East with the top three in Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State. And then Michigan State always brings a little fun, especially at least when they're playing Michigan. Um, and then the storylines that always seem to surround them, which I hate Michigan State. And then Maryland. Maryland is probably going to be pretty good. I'll talk about them more later maybe. But it's just a fun conference this year. I have high hopes for this one. Yeah, and I think what you just said sums it up perfectly. The Big Ten West actually might be worth watching because, to be honest, those games have not always been the most fun in the last few years. They just haven't been just you don't know if those teams can even compete with the top teams in the Big Ten East, but like Cole said, I think you got you can when we get to the prediction time at the end of this, I could if Cole tells me one of six teams that he has getting to the Big Ten championship from the Big Ten West, I won't be surprised at all. They have so much depth on that side of the conference and I'm excited for it. So Cole, we're gonna start we're gonna start with Michigan. I know I just said Ohio State is a slight favorite, but I'm going to give Michigan respect for being back-to-back Big Ten champions. I'm going to give you my quick take on Michigan, and then you're going to go into depth because you know your Michigan Wolverines. And I hate having to give them credit, but I'm going to because I, I, I tell the truth on this podcast. And Michigan's a very, very good football team. And so they're going to they're, – I mean, they're the number one thing you look at when you look at Michigan this year – is the two-headed monster they have at running back. They have the best running back room, I think, in the country, definitely in the Big Ten. There's also some really good Big Ten running back rooms that I want to get to, but Blake Corum, Donovan Edwards. I mean, these two are very different type running backs, and I think they will continue to feed off each other. I do think it's going to be interesting, though, for those two, because last year, Blake Corum was the guy, and he was the guy for pretty much the whole year. Donovan Edwards struggled with a uh, – he broke his hand, correct, Cole? Or he, yeah. he, had a, he had a hand injury, and it kind of took him a little bit of time to get into the season. But I think this year you're going to see pretty close to 50-50 splitting because I think they're just that good, and I think that's what you should do. Now, am I saying on one night if Blake Corum's just got it going, he's not going to get the carries? No, I think they're going to have to feed him. But – that's the that's the that's Michigan right there. Two-headed monster, running back room, great O-line. 
And then you got J.J. McCarthy sitting there. There is a lot of uh, national hype surrounding J.J. McCarthy this year. A lot more than I think I would have thought coming into the year. But, I mean, he's pretty high on Heisman boards. There's a lot of love for J.J. McCarthy. And I think he's a really good quarterback. And I'm very interested to see what he looks like this year. And I got a few more points Cole because I know I can see you're itching to get into your Michigan analysis but you got to let me give them some respect and some love but great old line I think they're going to be able to run the football I think the best game plan you can try to have against Michigan is stop the run if you can do that and make JJ just go crazy I think that's your best chance it might not even work to be honest because JJ is that good but they're going to need a receiver to step up Ronnie Bell they're replacing from last year. Not that he was like some crazy statistical leader, but they have no receiver from last year's team over 500 yards last season. And I will tell you the guy I like the most on Michigan is Will Johnson. Uh, That dude is a stud cornerback. He just missed out on a first-team All-American berth. But Cole... The Wolverines are going to be good this year, and I hate to see it, but got to give them some love. Wow. Thank you. I I can't believe that there was nothing there that made me upset, and I kind of hate you for it. I want to hate you. I want to hate Ohio State, and you just said too many nice things. But, yeah, I mean, it's hard. To, it, it's, it's really hard to find something negative to say about this team. This is, this is the, pretty much like if they're going to win the national championship, this is the year. They have everyone retur- returning. Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards, like you said, the two-headed monster. And like you said, Donovan Edwards played with a broken hand last year. His biggest threat is receiving the ball. Like he can go out and he can catch passes. And that's an element that Michigan did not have last year that they will have this year. They will be able to trot out Donovan Edwards and Blake Corum at the same time. And either Corum's going to run it or you're going to have to cover Donovan Edwards as he goes out for a pass. And uh, our tight end, Colson Loveland. You saw him with me in the Big Ten Championship make a few great plays, and he has taken all the news out of campus. He has taken that next step, and he is going to be very, very, very good this year, and Michigan likes to use their tight ends. J.J. McCarthy, honestly, if you look at the numbers, he wasn't spectacular last year. He stepped up. He's tied his two interceptions um, against TCU, and he played well against Ohio State and against Iowa. But before that, he wasn't, very, he, he wasn't doing great, but it, he didn't have any – spring ball and fall can't be played without um, knowing if he was a starter or not splitting reps. So he had no chemistry with any of his wide receivers. He didn't, his deep ball was off most of the year. Um, this is a camp where he's fully healthy through spring ball and all the off season. And, and everyone knows that he's the guy he's has that chemistry now. So he should take the next step and um, they want to be more balanced this year. They want to pass just as much as they throw it this year. We'll see. We have some freshman wide receivers like Samaj Morgan um, and a few others who could take the next step. But Cornelius Johnson needs to take the next step, and so does Roman Wilson. And I don't know if they will. That's our biggest question mark. And I'd say our returning receivers is probably like I'd probably rate them at like a B plus, and that's like our worst spot. I could um, another hole is our number two corner. Like I said, we got Will Johnson. We have our nickel and Saint Ristel. Like, we're fine there. Like, it's, it's like maybe our, our second string corner will be not great. It's really, really hard to find a weak spot in this team. Um, our D-line should be unreal, better than last year even. Our linebackers will, could be probably the second best in the country behind Clemson's. I, I mean, there's a kicker. 
that is we lost Jake Moody. That is our biggest question mark that we will like, and that honestly does mean a lot. Um, but that we'll see there. But I have a really hard time finding a hole in anywhere. Our, our offensive line, two-time Joe Moore offensive line of the year winners in a row, and this year they could be even better. Our second string, every second string offensive lineman we have could start, could be the starting line at most any other Power Five school. Like there is nothing I can say about this team. This like we should win the national championship this year. If we're gonna do it, this is the year to do it. We have every returning piece. We're going to have a bunch of players drafted this year. We have NFL talent. If it's going to happen, it needs to happen this year. Yeah, I can uh, I can definitely tell, and since I know you pretty well, I can tell that this is the most confident you've been in Michigan football. And, I mean, you got every right to be. You bring back so much talent. But there's another team that you have beat two years in a row. How about you give me your thoughts on Ohio State, and then I'll go a little in-depth like you just did. Yeah, I'm going to try to be relatively as nice as you were. The first thing I, w- I would say is with the quarterback battle you have going on, so first of all, that's a question mark that Ohio State typically doesn't have, at least by now, even if it's a new guy, they know who the starter is by now. And that's something that they don't have right now. And a lot of people thought it was going to be Kyle McCord, but Devin Brown seems like he has really just not let up in camp and has been right there with him. And you better hope that's the case. You better hope it's because of that, not because Kyle McCord's been that bad. You better hope it's because Devin Brown's been that good. Because at this point, if I'm an Ohio State fan, I really hope it's Devin Brown because it means he was that good to overtake it. Because if it's Kyle McCord, it's like, oh, uh, they kind of probably finished even. They both weren't as good as you want it to be, so we'll just go with the guy we thought it would be in this, this the junior. So if I'm an Ohio State fan, I want to see Devin Brown take the job because it means that he's actually stepped up and won that job. Because for Devin Brown to get the job, it means he had to have gone out and won it. So, and honestly, right now, it looks like that could very well happen. Your wide receiver room is unreal. I mean, Marvin Harrison and Emeka Ibuka could be the two best wide receivers in the country. I mean, that's that could very well be the case. Um, obviously, you're not. no one's going to argue that Marvin Harrison is the number one. But Ibuka could very well be number two. And Julian Fleming is... A pretty good third like that's like that's an uh, unreal wide receiver room and I mean that's the good news for your quarterback whoever it is should be able to just plug and play with those guys and ideally the defense would be better they weren't very good last year they lost a lot of their corners but none of them got drafted so maybe it's good riddance and they should be better but yeah we'll we'll see for Ohio State I I'm I'm not sold on them um I think there's the most blood in the water for this team than teams in the past. Um, just as far as it's really just the quarterback thing, but, but we'll see. Here's why you're wrong, Cole. The defense is going to be what this team relies on. And it's not something Ohio state has ever had, but they bring back elite front end talent this year. And I am, that is, it's going to be weird. I think early on in this season, Ohio State's going to win football games. Well, the main reason that they dominate football games is going to be due to their defense, which is something that, quite honestly, has never really been something I have said about Ohio State. But they have the potential up front to have two of the best edge rushers in college football. You have JT Tumalalu. If you watched him play last year, it was like, okay, he's a five-star talent, but he just doesn't he doesn't do what five stars do every single play. You compare him to like Aiden Hutchison on Michigan. 
that dude went after every single play, and he showed why he was the best edge rusher in college football. I think you're going to see a fire lit under JT this year. And on the opposite side of him is Jack Sawyer. Jack Sawyer was a consensus five-star player. It's his time to shine. And Ohio State has a very good knack at producing edge rushers. I mean, they have the Bosas. They have Chase Young. They produce that talent. And then I think in the interior, they're going to be really good. Michael Hall is a very good interior player. And their linebacker room, Tommy Eichenberg, first team, All-American. I think you look at him, you look at Steel Chambers, you look at guys that were in the 2021 recruiting class as freshmen that did not get to fully play last year. C.J. Hicks, I mean, he was a top 10 player. Really good five-star. He got hurt early in the year. I don't think we really saw what he could do. And then Sonny Styles, he's another guy that you might not see start at the beginning of the year, but he's going to be there at the end of the year. And I do, I agree, Cole. Their cornerbacks are definitely something that they're going to have to work on. Denzel Burke is a good cornerback, and he has been around. I think you look at him, he's mock drafted to be a first-round pick. I think he's the type of guy that could be one of the next better Ohio State corners. That is their question mark, though, Cole, is cornerback. But offensively, if they can just find a quarterback that is capable, and I think they have one, I really do. I think Kyle McCord or Devin Brown are going to be fine. They're just not going to be C.J. Stroud and Justin Fields that we've had. They're going to really run the football, I think. Their O-line has to replace Paris Johnson, who was a top-10 pick. They have to replace Dewan Jones, who was a stud at Ohio State. But they have a ton of talent up front, and they have a great running back room. I would say if you rank them in the Big Ten, they're probably the third best running room um, with Trayvon Henderson, who is a five-star guy that really just couldn't break through last year due to injuries. You got Mayan Williams, and you got Dallin Hayden, all three different types of running backs. I think they're going to rely on those guys a lot early, and I think they're going to really try to run the football and get whoever the starting quarterback is established. But that defense, I think, Cole, is – I know against Michigan they looked horrible. They did. I mean, let's be honest. They did. They gave up big play after big play. But I really do think that's going to be what Ohio State's going to lean on this year. And I think they're capable of it. They have a lot of experience, a lot of talent. Second year under Jim Knowles, I'm just – I'm confident in that defense. And I always think Ohio State will have a good offense. But they're going to go as this defense takes them, I think. Yeah. I apologize for not mentioning Travion Henderson or Mayan Williams. I think that is a good running back room. There's just a lot of unknown on this defense. I mean, you only have five returning starters there. So ideally, because they weren't as good last year, that could be a good thing. And they have, I guess, the blue chip talent, the five-star talent. You would think that they should have it be good, and I agree. But it's definitely not a sure thing in my mind. It's a kind of wait and see, whereas with Michigan, it's a lot of players who have played a lot of games and started a lot of games. So that's that's my only thing is there is at least a preseason. There's a bigger preseason question mark there than there is with Michigan. No, you're right. You are definitely right. They they do. They got the talent. I mean, it's, it's Ohio State. They're going to have five stars everywhere. It's just they have to. You can't keep recruiting five stars and not win national championships. So. It's is, time to can I, can I ask you a question. Ask me any any question. Okay, Ryan Day loses to Michigan three years in a row, losing record against them, and misses out in the playoff. 
is he fired? No, Ryan Day is his seat. Do I don't. Want, do you want him fired if Michigan goes out and beats him, like by three scores again? No, because I don't look. I don't sit down at the end of the day and think that there's a coach out there that's just the hot name that would come in and be able to recruit like Ryan Day has. So that's my answer. No, I, I do. I think the public is going to want him gone. There's yeah. There's going to be a lot of people that I think probably aren't big Ryan Day fans, but I don't think he, no, I don't think he, I think he lasts this year regardless of that game. So Cole, Penn State, they're the third team, the third team that a lot of people like. We won't do as in depth on Penn State, but Drew Aller, it's his time to shine. Everybody last year wanted him to replace Sean Clifford. I mean, I think there was every game I watched at Penn State, I think there was fans that they would show in the crowd saying we want Drew Aller like everybody wants him but he's not he hasn't proved it they have a great running back room I said Ohio State was the third best they're the second best with Noah Singleton and Katron Allen these guys are two running backs that combined for over 2,000 yards 24 touchdowns in a year I mean Cole there's a lot a lot of hype around Penn State as well they have Two first-team All-Americans. One guy is a just outstanding offensive lineman. If I try to say his name, there's no way I'm going to be able to do it. His last name is Fashanu, so we're going to give him some love. And then they have a, the best DB, apparently, in the Big Ten by All-American status in Kalen King. Can they get over the hump, though, and get to a playoff? Because they haven't done it yet. They can, yes. Do I think they will? I don't know. That offensive line will be very good, or they should be at least. Drew Allard's still a question mark. Like, I, I've i heard the story so many times of the big arm, the kid we like coming in, and the second-string backup quarterback is always everyone's favorite quarterback. So we'll see if he can step up and come alive, take that starting role, and really take Penn State to the next level. And you know what? He'll have the offensive line, and he'll have the run game to take the stress off him. So he'll have no excuses. My problem with this team is the uh, interior of the defensive line. The outside, everywhere, the corners, the edge, should be very good, especially the corners. I think they have the best corners in the Big Ten. But, like, Michigan ran through them last year, and James Franklin was very open after the game, said it's because we're too small in the middle. And that's the thing. You, they're not going to – this team is not going to – Michigan is not going to – they're not going to beat Michigan playing Michigan's game. And if they can't figure out the interior of the defensive line, Michigan's going to run up their throw every single time with that offensive line and those backs. If that isn't figured out like it was last year, because that's a very big question for Penn State, is that interior of the defensive line? That's, for me, a bad matchup for Penn State, and I'm going to chalk up to one loss. I think Penn State's path to a playoff is beat Ohio State. I think they're more built to beat Ohio State because they're stronger on the outside than they are to beat Michigan. Lose to Michigan. Michigan loses to Ohio State. We have the three-way tie, and that would go to whoever had for the highest combined record of the Big Ten West opponents they played. So, big. So Penn State would need to have the highest combined record of their opponents who played in the or were in the Big Ten West, and and then they'd have to win the Big Ten championship, and that's their path to the playoff. So can they? Yeah. So we're basically saying it's not yeah, happening. Right. They have to. They <laughs> have kidding. to beat one of the two and I don't think they're built to beat Michigan this year just because they're they're too weak in the middle which is fair because I mean I that would probably be the team I would think they beat just because it's in 
it's in uh, Penn State because that's such a you know that's a hard place to go. I don't think it's a night game this year, which is a lot easier to go in and beat Penn State. But that's that's the stripe out. Stripe out, yeah. That's that's the, that's what we're playing in as well. Yeah, I if it's not a night game, I don't think you. I don't. I think you guys will be all right. But we look. That's that's the top three in the Big Ten East. The Big Ten West. Spend a little quick time here on two teams. Wisconsin, they're plus 150 to win the West. Luke Fickle comes in from Cincinnati. Fans could not be more excited to have Luke Fickle there. Um, they were able to keep Braylon Allen, their star running back, 1,300 yards last year, thir- or 11 touchdowns. They bring in Tanner Mordecai from SMU. He originally started at Oklahoma, had a really good year at SMU, 3,500 passing yards, 35 touchdowns. You look at Iowa. I actually, Iowa's weird because they always have a good defense. Everybody knows it. I mean, they just breed good defenses out there in those in those cornfields in Iowa. And But they bring in some good offensive pieces in the portal. Cade McNamara, obviously, we're all familiar with him coming from Michigan. And they bring in another Michigan player in Eric All, who's a very good tight end. Those are the two teams I think just from and from an odd standpoint are the two teams to win the Big Ten West. Cole, both those teams, they're gonna be good and they're gonna provide some really interesting games. They only play Wisconsin plays Ohio State, Iowa plays Penn State, but they don't play all those teams only have to play one of the big three in the Big Ten East. Yeah. Wisconsin, it's all about what the transition is like. Cause they have a roster they have the most talent in my opinion but they and in the west but they have a roster that's built for bully ball that is gonna turn into more of a spread a more pass heavy offense and if they can have that transition go smooth and the the flipping of the culture or the culture is already in place so but the transition then they can be easily the best team in the west maybe put up a good fight against ohio state and then see what they do in the Big Ten Championship. That's Wisconsin's path. But also, if it's just the wrong players with his scheme, it could be a year before they really are able to win the Big Ten West because it is a a harder division. Like you said, Iowa is going to be very good. Their defense is very, very, very good. Their DBs are very good. This this team, if they we always said if they had a serviceable offense, then they would win the Big Ten West pretty often if they just had an okay offense with that defense. And, yeah, I mean, they have – I have them graded as the second-best cor- uh, um, secondary in the in the league. They shouldn't lose very many games because of their defense. It's all about can Cade McNamara stay healthy and can this offense take the next step, especially with one of the more co- funny coaching incentives I've ever heard of or seen in, like, side storylines that I've ever seen in my life with him being required to put up – how many points is it? Do you know? Do you know about this? I do not. I didn't even know about I, uh, this. Uh, who, who's their OC? It's uh, it's McCaffrey's it's, son. It's his son. It's his. Yeah. Ferentz's son. McCaffrey. It's, uh, yeah. uh, Brian Ferentz. Uh, I don't know. What Brian Ferentz, I think, is, is the OC's name. And he has to put up, I think it's like 26 points a game at least or to keep his job. Like, I've never heard of that in my life. And that's a very, very funny storyline that we need to keep track of and watch. And that's going to be interesting to watch. And so, yeah, like we talked about, those teams are good, but watch out for Illinois. Watch out. Minnesota keeps putting together these nine-win seasons, these eight-win seasons. It could very well be one of those two teams. And who knows? Maybe Matt Rule figures it out right away. These are 
it's like I said earlier, very, very interesting. I would love to see, I think Iowa do good, but I do like Matt rule a lot. So I don't know. I think it's going to be a fun league. I agree. I got a quick question for you. When you brought up Matt rule, who do you think will be the better coaching hire this year? And then long-term between Wisconsin and Nebraska. I'm going to I'm going to answer it real quick. I think it's Luke Fickle just because I've seen Luke Fickle at Ohio State have massive success. It's tight though. I think both those guys will succeed, Cole, but that's my quick answer. I think it's Luke Fickle. For both? You think you think he'll be the best this year and for and for his tenure there? Both. Okay. Just because of the roster turnover, uh, Wisconsin has a better roster and I think Luke Fickle's a very capable coach where he can come in and take this roster to be good this year. So I think Wisconsin will be the better team this year, and Luke Fickle will be looked at as, as the better hire this year. But I think Matt Rule is, one, he's historically never good in his first year, so that's why I also think Luke Fickle will be better. I think Nebraska's a sleeping giant with the amount of NIL money that they'll be able to bring in and the amount that Nebraska fans love their football. That The money will be there in today's college football for Matt Rule to be able to get players. They have the money. They have the facilities, and Matt Rule knows how to turn a program around. He he just he did it with Baylor. He, like he is he was a very 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 good coach at Baylor. He's built for the college game. Not saying I don't think Luke Fickle's a good coach, because I, I think he's a great coach and he's a fantastic hire for Wisconsin. I just think Nebraska is a sleeping giant that Matt Rule is going to come and wake up, and I think the money is going to start flowing in for them. And they're going to be able to bring in a lot of talented players, whether through the recruiting or through the portal. And I think he is in a better position. Not that Luke Fickle's in a bad position, because he is in a very, very great situation in Wisconsin. I just, I got high hopes for Matt Rule, and I got high hopes for, for what Nebraska can do. Yeah, I think that's a that's an interesting thing. It'd be nice if Nebraska gets back to being relevant again, because when Scott Frost went there, everybody thought they were going to be back. And we saw how that one turned out. So what I want to do really quick Because those of you that watch this podcast, a lot of you might be Michigan State fans. I want to give you guys a quick preview for Michigan State. Hopefully in the next few years, they're one of the top teams we talk about. Unfortunately, that is not going to be them this year. Their over-under is set at five and a half wins. I will tell you, if you're a Michigan State fan, bet the over. Just bet them to make a bowl game. It'll... It'll make you happy regardless if they have a crappy year. Just just bet it. Like it's not you don't need to put much on it. But quick quick storylines on Michigan State. A lot of turmoil is happening there. Peyton Thorne and Keon Coleman, probably the two best offensive players on this roster, left pretty late in the spring season. It's probably gonna be Noah Kim's job. I'm not super high on Noah Kim. Uh, I think their better option is probably gonna be Kaiten Hauser, but I don't think he will start the year. They're plus fifteen hundred to win the big, or plus fifteen thousand to win the Big Ten. So the odds makers don't think they're going to win it. I don't think they're going to win it. But I do think this is a team that can win six games or more. Push Michigan uh, at home to a tough game. That always is a game that's played really good. I mean, it's except for last year, it's always a very close game. I do think the one thing that Michigan State might have this year that I am kind of excited for is actually a pretty good defensive front. I know I mentioned Ohio State having a good defensive front, but I do like their team. They brought in some good transfer portal guys in the last two years from the SEC and Chris Bogle and Tumis Adale, two high major SEC transfers that played at their schools, and they're going to be the interior guys. And I think they really do have a top like 
probably three linebacker room in the Big Ten. I mean, they have Cal Holiday. He's a returner. Very good linebacker. Jacoby Windham started the year really well last year, transferred from UNLV. And then Darius Snow, who had a lot of preseason hype last year, who tore his ACL in the first game last season against Western Michigan. I think that's going to be a strength of this team. And I think if their defense can just be good enough, I mean, the one thing that scares me is their secondary and corners. They're not going to be very good. And that's scary. But offensively, I think if Noah Kim be above average quarterback, he doesn't have to be special. Just be able to move the ball. Don't turn it over. I think their offensive line is experienced enough to be able to run the football. And I think they have some good running backs. They have Jalen Berger. They have a good transfer, Nathan Carter from UConn, who just looks like a million bucks in all of the workout videos they've shown. I think it's a team that am confident in betting the over and at five and a half. I don't see them doing a lot more than that, but the schedule to start the year is not that hard. I mean, they start next week against Central Michigan, then they play Richmond. They do have Washington at home. I'm going to tell you right now, I think they're upset in Washington. That's one of Cole's teams. I think I think that place is going to be rocking, and I think they can get it done. So six wins. That's my quick take on Michigan State. Had to do it. Hopefully, they live up to some of the uh, excitement I have in certain areas, and hopefully they can win six games for me and win a bet, but also just not fire Mel Tucker because I think I do like Mel Tucker, but he's definitely on the hot seat, Cole. Yes. That's all you're going to say. Yes. I got nothing to say. I got I got nothing to say about that. All right, that fair team. enough. Not worth my not worth my time. When you guys come in in the middle of October and lose, we'll we'll be talking about it. But all right, we're going to move on. Cole and I, do you have any we'll do this cuz we this is going to be one of the longer podcasts we have. We'll, we'll just apologize right now, but it's our only one this week. We're filling you guys with a ton of information. Cole, who's your surprise team in the Big 10? It's Maryland. I, it's just, it sucks for them that they have to play Penn State, Ohio State, and Michigan. Because this is a team that has really good receivers. It has a very capable quarterback in Talia Tugaviola. And the thing is, if, if he takes one more step and just stops turning the ball over quite as much, and he, he stays healthy, like, this is a good team that is a very good offense. So, I mean, it's just like they're always right there. I'm super scared for that game as a Michigan fan because we have a three-game season. In my mind, we play Penn State, and then the very next game we play Maryland, and then the very next game we play Ohio State. And that Maryland game sandwiched in between Penn State and Ohio State scares the crap out of me. I think it's Maryland. I think they have the offensive firepower to do it. And I don't think their defense is that bad. They have – Five returning starters, and they're they're just a solid team every year they are. And eventually, they need to take the step. And I think that they beat one of the top three teams. Maybe that's hard. I I I think they will. I think they'll beat one of the top three teams this year. That's a bold take, uh, but it's kind of funny because Mike Loxley actually said in a he called these three the big three, and that's kind of funny that a coach that plays all three references them as the big three they do I'm get gonna take that back taking it back I don't I don't think I don't I don't think they beat one of the three teams but I wouldn't be surprised if they did they get two of but the I three. can't put a full-on prediction they get on that. two of the three at home they get Penn State and Michigan at home they have to go to Ohio State in early 
uh, October, but they do get two of the three at home. They have Ohio State. They're at Ohio State. They're at Ohio State, and then home against Penn State, and then home against Michigan. Yeah, I don't. I don't, I, I don't know. I think it. I think I it could know. happen. I'm not. I'm not going to say it will happen. I'm not going to put my 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 label on that saying lock it in. I think this is going to happen, but I wouldn't be surprised if it does. I'd say watch. That's something to watch out for. Okay. I I like your surprise team. I'm going to go to the other side of the Big Ten though because. I just don't think anybody outside of Michigan and Ohio State is going to win the Big Ten East. No offense, Penn State. I just don't think they can get it done. I think it's Michigan or Ohio State. I'm going to go with Illinois. Cole and I mentioned, talked about Illinois. Uh, They're one that next week we're going to get to the over-under win totals. Bet Illinois over six and a half wins. I, I think that's one I'm most confident with. I'll talk more about it next week. But Illinois... They're the most confident they've been at quarterback under Brett Bielema, and that is Luke Altmeyer, transferred from Ole Miss. They like him a lot. They, too, lose a probably one of the best running backs in program history in Chase Brown. I mean, he was a monster last year. And they lose Ryan Walters, their defensive coordinator. He's now the head coach at Purdue. And that is a tough loss because Illinois had a really good defense last year. I mean, Illinois was a few plays away from beating Michigan last year at Michigan. Like, this team is good. And I think if you're telling me six and a half wins is what they have to get over and they don't play Penn State, Ohio State, or Michigan, and they get Wisconsin at home, shoot, that's a that's the ingredients right there to a at worst seven and five team, in my opinion. And they return their top two receivers. Defense will be very good with Jerzon Newton and Keith Randolph. Both these guys were all Americans coming into the year. Colt. Illinois is my team, and I am pretty confident in Illinois. My, my good friend goes to law school at Illinois, uh, thinking about trying to get out there for a game. I think it would be really cool. They play Wisconsin. It would be a, a fun time to go out, but Illinois is my surprise team. Yeah, I I see where you're coming from, and I could see it happening, but I typically like to think that when a team overachieves in one year, the next year there's a big drop-off coming, and I think losing Chase Brown – is going to hurt a lot. And I just, I don't see this team repeating what they did last year. And I think the West is stronger this year. Um, I can see it a world, a very clear world where what you're saying comes true and is right. But yeah, I don't, I would not, I wouldn't put, put my money there, but that's, yeah, I'm just going to say, I, I, I also just don't like Brett Bielema. I mean, I think he's a good coach, but I, I think he's a little baby and I don't like him at all. He's a whiny little baby. Yeah, he's not the most. I mean, he's just this big dude, and he's, like, really annoying in the media and everything. I do want to clarify one thing. They do play Penn State, but it's at home. It's early in the year. That's why I think that's a sneaky game. We'll get to that when that week comes. But that's Drew Aller's first test, and he has to go to Illinois against a good defense. Watch out for that one. So, Cole, prediction time. This is this is my most fun prediction time because I think I know where we're going. Who do you got, Cole? Well, I have Ohio State. Liar. <laughs> yeah, absolutely not. Um, it's gonna be, it's gonna be Michigan. Like I said, the ceiling for them is national champion. I think their floor is ten and two, and a team whose floor is ten and two, you're typically gonna put in the Big Ten championship, and they're gonna win the Big Ten. Um, but who are they gonna play to win the Big Ten? Is the question and. Like we said, there's a lot of options to choose from here. And the one I'm going to choose, I was trying to decide the whole time between a few of these teams, but the one I'm going to choose is the one that I also hope happens. 
and it's I want I think it's gonna be Iowa. I think Iowa, Michigan, Cade McNamara, Eric Alk going to play Michigan, the back to back champion. Cade won a Big Ten championship and Eric Alk won a Big Ten championship in that building with Michigan two years prior. And I think the storylines would be so fun. I think it's kind of a revenge game, even though there isn't that much animosity, but it's like Cade left, lost the job, JJ. He's going to be coming in and looking for revenge, and I think the storylines will be fun, and I just think that would be a really, really fun game. And I think Iowa has the team that can do it and the team that can get there in the least amount of questions. So Michigan-Iowa, and Michigan wins the Big Ten. I like Iowa. That That's uh, that's half of my equation, but you got to know who the other half is. It's Ohio State. Cole and I, the the fun thing with this, though, is I we genuinely think our team's going to get there. Like, it's there's no, like, doubting it. Like, and that's... That's the beauty of this rivalry is I think I wish both these teams could just play against each other to go back to back weeks and just do it. But that's not the reality of the Big Ten. But I think it's going to be Ohio State next year. Next year. It, it could. It, yeah. Next year in Indianapolis. Cole and I have an agreement we started last year that will always go to the Big Ten championship. And I'm hoping this year it's Ohio State, Iowa. Last year I went and it was Michigan Iowa or Michigan Purdue and that was a that was a fun time as someone that was not a Michigan fan. But Cole, it's gonna be Ohio State Iowa, and I think I think that's what we're looking at. So we both have our team playing Iowa. So it would be cool for Iowa. I I would hope that they can get it done. I think Luke Fickle might be he's obviously the favorite, Wisconsin, to do it, but I think Iowa has just too good of a defense, and I think you see all year what that offense does and it's going to be a good offense. I love it besides the Ohio State part but we're on the same page with Iowa that's good vibes for us and we'll see what happens maybe we bet an Iowa total or maybe we bet them to win the Big Ten East or West we might we might we might all right well this is going to wrap up our Big Ten preview as well as our week zero talking points we'll say this will be the one of the longer podcasts we do uh we try to keep it under Uh, 40 minutes right around that time because that's just a good listening time but this one's worth it this one was worth going longer for and we wanted to uh, get all our talking points in for a great conference best conference in college football not you sec cole any final uh, thoughts get excited we're right here we've made it through the long off season it's football it's everything we love it's everything we want it's time to get excited it's time to start consuming as much college football as you can Watch as many games as you can and just enjoy it. Enjoy the ride. Everyone's undefeated right now. Enjoy it. Perfect way to end it. And hey, if you guys are listening to this podcast today and you liked it, share it with somebody. Send it. Send the link. Send the Twitter page. Send the uh, the, the smart link we have on our Twitter page. Just share it. Let people know what this podcast is all about. And we appreciate your support. And by this time next week, We're going to have a full college football slate to be talking about. And I don't know about you, but I'm excited. Sit back, watch some good football this weekend, but get ready for the real show next week.